Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. Our goal is to create a safe space for conversation, like like talking talking to your your best friends. Friends that have your back, that are encouraging, and that challenge you to not only improve your life, but yourself. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. I am Madison. I'm Priscilla. And we are so happy that you are here, and we are so excited to continue to carry on the conversation of where we've been the last few podcasts. Um, And Priscilla and I just started talking about how Priscilla just started watching the Netflix show Made that just got released, and so I'm going to have Priscilla add a little bit more in depth and detail about that experience for you and, you know tie it into wherever you feel it takes you okay um yeah so I just finished watching the Netflix show made like you said um I kind of went into it like not sure what it was gonna like totally be about um and I thought it did a really beautiful job of portraying how difficult it is to get out of abuse um the complexities of the relationship um between like the main character and her mother who has bipolar um, and her father um, who also has his issues. um, And then the father of her daughter who is abusing her. So it's a very like, I almost want to say typical and like it's a domestic abuse situation, like male on female violence which is like the most typical um, violence that we hear about um and um it was just really well well done like it was almost like haunting like in this I hate to say beautiful way but like as someone who's gone through it it was just so beautiful and I haven't gone through like that specific scenario I haven't been abused um by a man Mm -hmm. um but it was just such a good portrayal of like the thoughts um that someone goes through um her struggle with poverty I loved how they like um brought up like in her mind like how much money and she was coming down her money and trying to survive um yeah it was I felt very thoughtfully done um also her relationship with her mother was very interesting for me to watch um maybe like some of my sisters could relate to that um I certainly can't as much because like she had empathy for her mother and her mother was the parent that she had um interactions with still um so it was kind of in that way cool to see how like she was interacting with her mentally ill mother Mm -hmm. um and then just like her and her little daughter were so cute um it was the particular antagonist was just really easy to uh, follow along with um, and feel her emotions so I think it was a really well done movie um, 
I don't know how I feel about it, but their portrayal of Sean, who is Alex's um, boyfriend slash baby daddy um, slash abuser, um, the portrayal of him is, I don't want to say on the lighter side because it does get pretty dark and like where she gets to is pretty dark. Um, like midway to three quarters um, with him. But I think in the end, the portrayal was like, he was multidimensional. And I think that's like cool because um, it's very easy to see things black and white. And obviously what he was doing was never going to be safe with her. Um, So she was, she removed herself from the situation. Um, But like with abusing alcohol and just kind of like his recognition of that, it was pretty cool. They didn't just make him like this solid villain. Not that he wasn't like the main antagonist throughout it, but like he, um, showed like a little bit more um complexity i think mm-hmm. for an abuser um in considering they did it in like 10 hours i thought it was pretty well done um yeah so that was a little mini series and i thought it was really good um i think it was season five or not season five um episode five was extremely triggering for me um based on some of the things that um I've gone through or just like um it had to do with withholding of food um Mm -hmm. in a house that she was cleaning um like and like her she was in this house and it was just um she could see all the places where the child was abused by his mother um and so anyway that was a very triggering episode for me to watch um and my husband was like you're not into horror and I'm like this isn't horror but um yeah it definitely felt very creepy so um it was it was good good Good. I I will definitely have to watch it absolutely watch it when you have the mental strength watch it when I have a good mental day yes yes because it it really does it kind of plays with your brain on like all the struggle that um people go through Mm -hmm. in those situations yeah yeah so so in terms of where we last left off Mm -hmm. where do you want to carry the conversation on so I've been thinking about it, and what I had said was zero to eleven is what we talked about last week, yeah. yes. and I didn't even really get into my salvation story. I was oh, thinking about that. that. Was like the most important story, I think, yeah. the whole thing. And I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking that happened between zero and 11. So I touched on some of like the bigger complexities, um, just like some of the nuances that I was picking up 
growing up around like example my parents were studying around religion and that type of stuff um but I didn't really like talk in depth about my salvation story so I'd love to kind of recap that and this episode after I kind of talked through that um and then hate to push it off for another episode but we can have the next episode be 12 and beyond so perfect all right I need to take a swig of water quick I know right take a take a sip I'm out I brought a glass of water and I'm already out okay so I, um, it was at Jill Baptist to kind of go back. That was the second Baptist church that my parents were part of. Um, the one that I would identify with like my earliest childhood memories of church. Um, I'm going to tell this with even like what for me is kind of like the embarrassing part, um, because I'm going to tell this in as, like usually when I tell my salvation story, I skip this very beginning part because it's awkward and it's um, maybe it's because I was teased for being boy crazy um, <laughs> by my mom. Um, but I was definitely crushing on boys like Little House on the Prairie. Like <laughs> when I was like, love, we love the Little House on the Prairie boys. Yeah. Like, all right. Anyway what happened is I was going to that church um and I think it was like my little Sunday school was just me and this um this other little boy um it was just the two of us in the Sunday school um and the teacher would do things like she was for some reason I have like a formative memory of singing Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I don't know why we were singing that in Sunday school, but that's what we were. Um, and so as someone who was very like, as someone who was very like um, interaction with other people deprived, like this interaction was very important to me. This was like the only other person who I really knew my age. I mean, there were a couple other people um, that we would see occasionally, but this was my most regular because it was on Sundays. Um, Sunday school. Yeah. So, um, so it was a couple year, or that was like a couple years. Um, I don't even know, like four or five or whatever. Um, around six, maybe like six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that he had, um, my dad was like, yeah, Priscilla, he um, accepted Jesus as his savior. He got saved, right? So I was like, in my little head, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to marry him. So I have to do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's like kind of crazy that like, that's where my brain was. Um, but, um, so I went to my mom and, um, she said, or I don't even know if it was the Romans road or what, but I can still remember like a white Bible and like feel slash hear the pages turning. And like, she just walked me through some things, asked me some questions. Um, and, um, then we said the salvation prayer. Um, 
I don't think I was saved um, at that point because A, my motives weren't in the right place. I was just doing it because someone else I knew was doing it. Um, I understood the concepts, but I don't think I fully, like, I don't think at that point I entered relationship with God. Like I understood mm-hmm. concepts, but I don't think I actually entered relationship with God. Um, so there's this little park in is by Lake Sandia um, in Krakow, um, which is over Lake Pulaski in Krakow, um, mm-hmm. which is north of Green Bay. Um, and we went to this little park one afternoon and there was this group from Child Evangelism Fellowship. Have you heard of them? I've never heard of them. Okay, so their like acronym or whatever is CEF. So, mm-hmm. um, and actually, like one of the ladies at my church that Raymond and me attend, like that we got married in, mm-hmm. um, her daughter actually runs, I think, like this department for this part of Wisconsin for CEF so I thought that was very cool um but anyway we happened to be in this park and I just feel like this is God's timing um I'm not Calvinistic by any means I don't believe like I believe more in free will than predestination um if you want to talk about like the big Christianese lingo terms um but it really does seem like kind of like providence that god like orchestrated the timing of like because there's so many hours in a day that you could go to a park right 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 right. so um we kind of checked it out um and then my dad was like we should just sign up for like the mail so it was basically what they do is they have a mailing list where they can send kids devotions. Okay. And so that's what happened. It starts out very simple and then gets more complex. So I did it for several years. I still have like a plastic shoebox thing of all my papers from them. I mean, as a kid, like a big motivator is to know that you're getting mail. Um, and I liked reading already. So, um, that was a very fun thing. Um, and so I did these devotions and I think I had like a lot of head knowledge and then I'm pretty sure I had just turned 11. So it was like, right. It's around like 10 or 11. Um, so I think I'd maybe been doing it for like who knows, maybe like four years, maybe we started when I was eight or something. I don't remember the exact years. Um, but I started having like this turmoil and to kind of like explain it, I got spanked a lot as a child. Like, I feel like I was always getting punished. I was always being sent to my room. I was always getting like, Whipping. I was always being told that I was like 
bad, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, I just feel like I can't remember what those things were about. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember what I did. I have one memory in my childhood where I was like really obsessed with, I was just so thirsty. I wanted to drink milk out of the, we had just mm-hmm. picked up like milk from Pat's Market and Gillette, I think on our way back. Uh, we're on our way back home to Crackle. And I don't know why, but I was putting up a statement about um, how thirsty I was. Um, and that that's something that I remember getting spanked for. Um, and then... Were you getting... You drinking the milk out of the carton? I wanted to. I wanted to. I suggested it. So you didn't even do that? No suggested it was an attitude thing so I think a lot of the things I got punished for were attitude things if that makes sense um the other thing that I got punished for that will forever be seared in my memory is we had this devotion book um that my dad had gotten from Jill Baptist I still remember it had like yellow green blue like the pages were different colors um, and it had like this honeycomb print in the corners. Um, and when I talked about power plays earlier, devotions and even like hymns or st- reading of the Christmas story at um, Christmas time, like those were things where my mom would put up a lot of resistance. Like, I don't know, but it was me um, and um I think my sister below me um, because I think the other ones were still pretty young when this happened. Um, But we just didn't enjoy doing that devotional book with our dad. I don't know if we were at an awkward phase with um, our dad or what. Um, And I know mom was like, not supporting or backing dad up in it so there was like um we just really like complained about it all the time and then um my I'm pretty sure my sister like suggested (laughs) she's like why don't we throw the book behind the couch (laughs) and we had the couch um kitty corner like diagonal from so like we threw the book behind the couch and um, was this before like were you supposed to have this devotional time with your dad and before you got supposed to-, to have the devotional time like every day that's what he was trying he was trying to get into a routine with us um we threw the devotional book and then the way the couch was wedged we couldn't get behind it to retrieve it and because it was kitty corner um we had just thrown it too far behind our little arms reach <laughs> to retrieve it. So um, dad was pretty upset um, about where was this book? And we were like in denial and then we like, we couldn't get it. Um, and finally we told him. And the reason why I remember this whole story is because um when they found out about it, um, dad was really upset and, um, 
my sis, my little sister ran behind mom. Um, and like, it all happened so fast. Like I didn't get to pin the blame on her. <laughs> like that is like what I was very upset about. So um, you were the one that basically got in trouble for that. Yeah. So, and also I think that was the one spanking where I actually had like an actual bruise on my bottom. So, um, like those were some of like, that's why that stands out to me. Um, and I remember just like not forgetting the memory because after it happened, I was so mad at my sister. <laughs> and you, and you got punished. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there were, there were other things that I felt like I was always getting punished for, um, like, and I don't remember. Does your sister, like, have you ever had a conversation again with your sister nowadays and, like, talked about that specific event? I think we've talked about it. I was pretty sour about it. So, I mean, she knew. She knew. She knew. She knew. She knew. She knew you were upset. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about it in years, um, but we definitely talked about it after the fact. It was brought up in passing. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But I guess to kind of go back to it is I spent a lot of time um, being sent to my, like, there were months where I would go to my room every single day like I'd be sent to my room um and yeah I just remember my siblings were outside playing and I was in my room and I was just very angry about it sometimes it would be accompanied with a spanking too um so yeah I guess I kind of like starting there I don't I don't know like what a good word for it would be I guess labeled um I felt that I was labeled um by my parents predominantly my mother both of them Mm -hmm. as like a rebel child Mm -hmm. um and so um I had this perfectionistic idea of like morality and Mm -hmm. so even though I was doing the CF um devotions and stuff I started experiencing what maybe now I would call like anxiety Mm -hmm. um at night um so every night I would go to bed um this is like when I was probably like 10 or 11 um I would go to bed and I would just, I would like pray until I went to sleep, like begging God to forgive me for like my 10,000 lists of things that I did wrong. I'm like, yeah. I still believe like, you know, um, every single day we're humans, we sin. Um, but what happened there was like, I was like acutely aware of it, which I do think, you know, conscience should always 
prick you and you should be like, oh, hey, I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I should apologize to this person or maybe my motives aren't aligned. I guess it's like what I like as an adult think kind of like, and I'm like, am I really staying on target? Am I staying true to myself and true to God? Um, But at this point it was just this intense fear that I was this, um, this sinner and that if I didn't pray the salvation prayer every single night and ask to be forgiven for my sins and pray that I would sin less tomorrow morning, that like if I died in my sleep, I wouldn't go to heaven. So like it was, I mean, I know, I know what you, I know in some sense how that feels like, because for my OCD, like I'm the same way with certain things. I feel like I have to, you know, repeat a certain phrase or whatever to, to, um, ask, like, I feel I, in my case, it's like, if I don't say this, then God isn't going to help my situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's not my situation, it's because I didn't say this phrase as many times as it could. Kind of like a superstition type thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this was for me very like fear and guilt based. Like it was mm-hmm. really like and shame, like fear, guilt, shame. Like there is just all of these emotions and just like begging for my salvation. Um, And at this point, like I said, I have been doing CEF for several years. I had some like core basics down. Actually, um, when you get, I had gotten through one point and they gave me a devotional book for making it through like the program. And then they started resending me stuff because like you reach a certain point, you've done all the stuff. So then they'll- they just didn't have any more curriculum. So then they resent and I could still participate. Um, and so I was doing like them again. Um, and it was still fine to me because it was male and I was just like doing my thing. Um, even better, I knew the answers, right? So, right. Um, but one of those, one of the days, cause like it started to like bother me during the daytime because it was like, oh, I'm going to do this again tonight. Like, I'm just over it. Like, I can't be perfect. Like, it's impossible. I'm trying to be perfect every day and I'm still getting in trouble. Um, and so I, I had gotten one of my letters from CF in the mailbox. I went to like sit down at the edge of my bed. Um, and I wish I could remember the exact phrase but I read something in there um that had to do with the fact they also they use this analogy of like um you know what is it the old man and the new man so like Mm -hmm. Adam like who we are before Christ and then who we are after Christ Mm -hmm. like and they used it as two, like two different books. And then they were saying, um, like, once you're 
like they had like a little paper cut out in their diagram mm -hmm. and they were like once you're in Christ you're always there like kind of like that you're safe um in multiple other things that I've read like um once you're written in like the lamb's book of I think it's called the lamb's book of life you know like when you're saved like no one can ever take you out like you are saved um but what got me um as I was reading it that day was it said something about satan um trying to keep you from god by continually making you doubt your salvation mm. it was like I, it was, and I know I had done it previously, but like what I was going through at this point really made it click. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, so wait, so what's going on with me is like, it just seemed very crystal clear to me that what was happening was like the shame, the fear and the guilt um, was not from God. And so, um, I think that's even more powerful for me now to like look back and like it was not just that what I was experiencing in like my come to Jesus salvation moment but what I was experiencing in my home culture that Absolutely. the shame and the fear and the guilt was not from God and none of that like in truth like none of that pushed me to salvation um, because I want to be clear in this story that none of those things, I don't think like my mom, my parents don't get credit for saving me um, because they somehow instilled this great moral compass where I thought I had to be a perfectionist and I couldn't sin once. Like that shame and fear is not what brought me to God. I feel like God brought me to himself. Like he said, Hey, what you're actually, you're desiring a relationship with me and these things and this perfectionism is keeping you mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, I think I said like a little prayer then, but um, I had to, for me, because it was a pattern that I was doing every night I had to that night. So it was like about mid afternoon when I had the realization. And then that night, um, I went to bed and I said, Jesus, I am never going to pray this salvation prayer ever again. Well, like I'm like, I'm done. Like this is, like I'm trust, like I'm trusting that he's got me, like all of these things that I have been reading, I was like truly going to trust it and not like really believe that I had to earn my salvation yeah. is kind of like the secret lie yeah. um, that was tied to all that yeah. name and perfectionism. Um, so I believe that that is the night that I was able to like release my family patterns of shame and mm -hmm. step into um, my own relationship with God that wasn't based on any of the things 
that other people were telling me a relationship mm-hmm. with God was like. Was so was like, yeah. Wow. So amazing, Priscilla. That's my complex. Like that's me telling you like little details of how it's personal to me. Um, if I was going to like say this in short, if someone was like, what's your salvation story? I'd be like, well, I said the salvation prayer when I was six, but I don't think I was really saved. And then when I was 11 through CF, AKA child evangelism fellowship, um, I came to a realization, um, because I had been saying the salvation prayer over and over and I just quit and I knew that God had me. So that would be like my short, um, (laughs) version but like you got the long version of all the little things amazing oh my goodness gracious well i i guess with that um is there anything else you want to add to that particular story Mm, i guess just in passing as we're going um as we're going through this whole process, I'll say this because uh, I'm not going, to, I don't know how I'm going to approach it going forward, but I'll say in relation to today, I somehow covered like some of the spanking aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really expecting those to be a part of today's conversation, um, but they were. Um, and I did have like, it was like a traumatic memory in that I like blocked it off from the back of my head, um, for years until I had, when I was 17, I had, um, an incident with a sibling that triggered me to remember it. Um, but right at about 11 um, while we were still living in Krakow, um, the spankings did stop. Um, there are multiple things that um, had been used to spank us, um, wooden spoon, metal spoon. Um, and like, at one point, my mom came after me with a broom. Um, and at that point, I weighed 190. And I think she weighed about 150. Um, and so I kind of had it. I was like, you are not going to spank me anymore. I just kind of got very angry about the whole thing. And I think there's like a certain age where you just get like embarrassed about it. Like you no longer feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, and I wasn't about to be hit with a broom. I just didn't feel that it was, um, like, because I'd always been told that spankings were, like, um, controlled or loving or whatever, and that just felt like rage. Um, not that the other ones, that not that there weren't other ones that were, um, but I had grabbed onto the broom um, and said, no, you're not going to do this. Um, and she tried wrestling from it, it for me. Uh, and then my dad came in the room and I just want to be very clear that this is the only second time I remember saying 
that, well, actually, this is my second time up to this point. Um, but I said to my dad, my dad came in the room, and I started screaming at him that if he let her do it, I would hate him forever. Um, and that was very strong language for me because we weren't allowed to swear. Um, and the one time I had said I hated him before was when the can I quick pause you? So yeah. was she trying to get the broom away to hit you with it? Yeah. Got it. So she came after me with it and I jumped up on the bed um, and she took a swing at it and I grabbed it with one hand and then I was able to grab it on the other hand. So we were like holding the broom and like facing off across from each other. Um, and I don't know if like, it was just like a crazy scene to my dad or if it was that I was actually screaming vehemently. Um, but like my dad didn't do anything about it. Um, and he was like, come on, Charlene, let the broom go. Um, because if like, if he would have, that could have ended very differently. And I feel like it could have started a series of physical abuse towards me um but thankfully I was bigger um and it didn't happen so yeah um that I just want to say that since the conversation came up I thought that I would throw this in um and just say that at that point um physical abuse towards me stopped um well yeah and if it can call it that because I don't know personally where I stand on spanking um but um it I guess maybe I would say it never got started really with me so um that's where I guess that's where I would just kind of wrap up that because that happened in the conversation. Thank you for having the courage to share that and talk about that. That is, it just amazes me the more and more I hear in your life. So thank you, Priscilla, for being brave once again, for opening up. Um, It makes me feel happy that you hopefully feel like this is a safe space for you. Um, I know it is for me. Um, and hopefully our listeners can feel as though this is a safe space for them too. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right, everyone. We will see you for our next podcast. Did this resonate with you? Subscribe to our podcast today. Talk, Talk soon. soon. So your host next week? Heck yeah. Can't wait.